is the West Side King's Church podcast, where we aim to encounter and embody the surprising grace of Jesus. All right, well, here we are uh, back together for our last um, episode of this podcast yes. series. I feel like you replaced me for a few weeks, and then you got replaced as <laughs> well. Did, we yeah. all got replaced for a week, but we've, we fought our way back into the room, locked the door, and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we're rounding out the series together. Demanded our spots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we are unpacking this last line of the Lord's Prayer, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And, you know, it's interesting about that line is I feel like we're at the end of the prayer at that point. And so that kind of just sort of gets thrown in there and we Mm. move on and the prayer is finished. And I can honestly say, I don't know if I've thought too much about this line as it seems sort of obvious. Yep. You know, the kingdom's Mm -hmm. yours, power, glory is yours and amen. And we'll move on from there. Um, But what I really found interesting this week and sort of digging a little deeper into this is um, that Wesley Hill refers to this um, as doxology, Mm -hmm. which means a short hymn of praise. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. And I don't know if it's common to think of it that way. You know, when I grew up in church, the doxology, all I knew a doxology to be was that praise God from whom all blessings flow. You're not going to sing it for us? No, (laughs) I will. I will spare you all (laughs) the horror that would be me trying to sing that. (laughs) And and me doing harmonies. There would definitely, there would be car crashes. (laughs) Yeah, we could take this podcast in a whole new direction. (laughs) Um, But I do find it really interesting that, um, to unpack this Lord's prayer and it's, it's filled with petitions and it's filled with us coming to God, you know, for, for provision in all these areas, um, you know, whether that's in forgiveness or, you know, our daily sustenance. Um, and I love the idea of us ending in a doxology, Mm. which is just to be in a moment of praise and, and, and glory to God. Mm. And I think it's interesting because it's actually quite a common, almost New Testament approach. I was thinking as you were saying that about uh, about about Paul, where he is discussing some pretty difficult stuff with sort of midway through Romans, and he he's trying to figure out where Israel fits in the whole plan of God, in well, which he knows where it fits, but how does it, how is it affected and impacted by, by this call to the gospel for the Gentiles, for all of us. Uh, and it's getting very, very complex for, mm. for Paul as he's trying to figure this out. And many a scholar has made their whole career on, on Romans, uh, you know, on, on saying what does Romans nine through 11 mean, but there's this wonderful moment. And I think it's Karl Barth that says it about how, Paul gets to the point where he's really deep into the theology and he clearly realizes, I'm not really sure that you can settle this as deeply as we'd like. And then in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, uh, so you've got, well, let me just read this because this kind of puts us into this mindset of perhaps what's happening within the traditions here that he's talking about, okay, so the gospel, the gospel seems to have come to us. We were Mm. disobedient, he says. Now we've received mercy as a result of our disobedience. Now there's a statement to think about. Uh, He said, now 
all of us are now being disobedient, and that seems to increase God's mercy. Uh, And then he says this, for God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may may have mercy on them all. I mean, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, like what's Paul now going to say? And then he switches to a doxology and he says, oh, the depths and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Now, why do I bring all of that up right now? Is that you see this almost this ancient Jewish mindset here where Okay, we're doing some, we've said some big stuff. Mm -hmm. How do we end saying big stuff? If you've ever encountered a theologian, they're really bad at this, right? They just (laughs) keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. (laughs) And what I like is that Paul drops this big piece of theology. And then the only thing to say after this, that somehow God's mercy is bigger than all our disobedience. Mm -hmm. Instead of unpacking that any further, he goes, I'm just going to marvel at God for a second and throw in doxology. So there seems to be this pattern wherein we marvel at what God is doing, and then, and then it leads us to doxology. And you're right, doxology literally glory, like to bring praise and glory to something. Yeah. So I wonder if we should pay attention to that, that in the ancient context, it's not unusual to say big things and follow it by a doxology. Does, yeah. that, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, I think also what resonates is that... Um, like this is all understood through Jesus. And as we're going through mm. Holy Week um, and, you know, we're, we're edging towards um, Good Friday um, to think that that this, this, you know, God's kingdom, God's power, God's glory in the forever and ever, right, is all revealed mm. through through Jesus. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's that's why it's worth sort of pausing on it, This this moment of what are we going to say about this God who is doing these incredible things? And, 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 you know, it's not lost on us, is it, that we're in Holy Week, you think? But just reflecting back on this series of conversations mm-hmm. about the Lord's Prayer, we've said some pretty weighty things. Yeah. Uh, and and, and we've, have we said weighty things? We've tried to unpack yeah. the weighty things that are said in the Lord's Prayer. So it's appropriate to sort of end with that, oh, wait a minute, this is beyond us. Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel that all good doxologies at some point, like, again, I'm mirroring this with Paul's doxology in uh, in Romans chapter 11. You know, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Like, what Paul's doing is he's pushing all this. It's like we've brought all this stuff in close, Mm -hmm. and we've examined it, and and we've thought about it, and we've attempted to unpack it. But then there's a point in the prayer where we, and I'm, I mean, I'm leaning into metaphors here, but, you know, where we push it away again, you know, hallowed be your name. Your name is uncommon, right? Mm-hmm. Your name is is not everyday. There's something different. There's something special about what we're doing in this prayer. So to begin with hallowed be your name and say for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory at the end, yeah. there's a harmony to it of just remembering the sort of stunning nature of what we do when we pray. Yeah, and to remember that this is the prayer that Jesus gave us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? That this is what his life pointed to. Yes. And this is the prayer he wanted us um, to have mm-hmm. and, and say routinely. Um, so in there's this really a weighty quote in Wesley Hill's chapter on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's actually a couple. Um, one is by, we, we practice this name, and I'm pro- <laughs> I, I said I'm not going to do well with this. Uh, Philip, how did you say it? Well, I would say Melanchthon. Yes, um, okay, there we but go. let's just call him Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther's friend One of Martin Luther's friends. 
Um, and it says to know Christ is to know his benefits. And then there's another quote that says, unless you know why Christ put on flesh and was nailed to the cross, what good will it do, um, do you to know merely the history about him? Mm. And and that's what I think this prayer points to, right? Mm. It's not just about, I think sometimes we can focus on sort of that, maybe a bit of apologetics bent on, you mm. know, where he lived, where he grew up yes. and, and really like honing in on sort of those aspects of Christ. But what um, this prayer points us to, and, and I think this whole week points us to is understanding Christ beyond that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And And I think that, that all speaks to this idea of the uncommonness of, mm-hmm. of it all. I, I mean, it's interesting how um, the, the language of I mean, four is quite interesting in doxology, in relation to what you're what you're saying, uh, because if you if you pay attention when you read the New Testament, you're going to see these sort of doxologies popping up in in lots of places. Like I was th- I was reflecting again on the opening of of the Book of Revelation, uh, which I know everybody spends a lot of time <laughs> reading the Book of Revelation. But um, you've got very similar, you know, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests, as uh, to be a kingdom, sorry, and priests to serve His God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. This is actually, this sounds reminiscent of what we say at the end of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, Paul's language in Romans 11. Notice just how it ends. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Notice that in all of the kind of doxological language, you get this final line from Paul, for from him, through him, and for him are all things. Mm-hmm. Notice at the end of the Lord's Prayer, for thine is the kingdom. Now this, probably we don't spend a lot of time reflecting on the, the power of the word for, right? but but this, this conjunction works um, almost to connect a because to the rest of the prayer that's come. So, so if, you were, if you're praying this perhaps later today, what if you were to change, instead of saying for thine is the kingdom, right? We say because then is the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, and now it starts, you start to think about what is this doxology doing when I say it? Uh, give, give me my daily bread. <laughs> Forgive me my debts. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Well, how can you ask all of these things? Mm-hmm. Well, I can ask all of these things of God because the kingdom, the power, and the glory are, are his. Does that make yeah. sense how I'm trying to connect? And that, yeah. and that force carrying a lot of weight actually in what's going on here. It, it's, it's, the, it's the reason that we can come and ask these things. It's yeah. the uncommonness of God. Yeah. Sense. yeah. And it's almost like this releasing because this is all yours and, mm-hmm. and then ending with the amen, the let it be so. Yes. Because this is all yours, we don't need to hang on to this mm-hmm. and we can move into this like with the freedom of this all belongs to you. Well, yeah, and, and all things, humankind, yeah. creation, yeah. all things belong to uh, belong to our our God, and and um, so you've you've quoted uh, Philip Melanchthon. Let's throw in another reformer, like John Calvin. Um, Calvin saw the doxology not simply just as an appropriate way to end a prayer by praising God, but but when we make this statement because the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, we, he, Calvin saw it as a sort of foundation of a completely different way that, that, that Christians see the world, mm-hmm. the way they see themselves and their place within all creation. Because you're also saying, 
not only is it all yours, therefore it's not all mine. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, when I say for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, I'm, I'm positioning myself in relation to God. So this doxology, and this is true of all glory, when you give glory to one person, there's an implication of what yeah. you're also saying about yourself you know when you when you award a medal to a war hero there's an assessment that you have done what we would not do right um you know so our glory is somehow passed over to you you know one person kneels to bow before the other right their glory is diminished in order to they are humbled in order to praise the other so when we make this confession at the lord at the end of the lord's prayer it is really good to think about how it helps us mm-hmm. you know, know our places at some, without that being too oppressive sounding, but yeah. in, in a releasing way. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I think, you know, I wouldn't want to gloss over that maybe there's a question behind this and maybe a question that sometimes can be of a bit of frustration, you know, when we're watching the news and we're seeing everything unravel in the world the way it is, is, well, what kind of kingdom? Mm-hmm. Right. And then there are certain frustrations. Yes that kind of bubble up around that i don't know do you have any thoughts on yeah yeah the the well again i think within the actual prayer itself some of those answers are known and you could get yourself in all sorts of trouble with all sorts of people if you took the lord's prayer seriously Mm. um so let's work backwards uh just briefly (laughs) (laughs) if the kingdom is god's and the power is God's, and the glory is God's. What can we learn about this kingdom? What can we learn about God's power? All these sort of things. What can we learn about it by unpacking the way God has told us to talk to him? Mm-hmm. You know, so this is how you should pray, Jesus intros it. And at the end, well, the reason you should pray this way, this way think, think about what we're doing with language here. The reason you should pray that way is because the kingdom, the glory, and the power belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So having established who owns everything... And he teaches us how to talk to him. Look at how he tells us to talk to him. That, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So, so what we're saying is the things we're about to pray are things we think God wants. Give us today our daily bread. So God wants a world where everybody eats. Right? Yeah. Um, now that, that is not the world we live in, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, that is... Uh, you know, I mean, my my father right now is just on his way back from the Ukrainian border. He's, you know, and he just was texting me this morning about, you know, just his experience of being in a, in a refugee camp, just delivering aid that, that churches in Scotland mm-hmm. have have delivered. And, you, you know, you, you become, just reading my father's text from thousands of miles away, uh, you get this sense of, Daily bread is not commonly available to yeah. everybody. So, but the Lord has taught us to pray, "Give us today our daily bread." Th- then the next thing, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. So, on one level, there's a world of forgiveness. Again, not the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And another world, that, you know, debt is a huge issue. Debt's a societal issue. It's a political issue. It's a governmental issue. There are countries in the world being crippled by their debt requirements from other countries you know mm-hmm. I, I I've mentioned this before Kristen I, I grew up in West Africa and the 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 amount of funds that African countries pay to quote-unquote Western countries for all sorts of aid that they have relief we see these aid projects so often going on 
and we don't realize that some of this stuff isn't always free mm -hmm. and that countries are yes we're helping you out but we're going to ask for money back for this eventually uh, but then right down to our own lives how many people are are crippled by debt in in a variety a variety of ways so the lord tells us to ask for bread and forgive debts and then lead us not into temptation like what type of temptations the temptation to be powerful the temptation yeah. to be violent the temptation to be harmful uh, all of these things because because they are i assume the evil that we're going to be delivered from the so i mean that's just a brief kind of run through yeah. but i think there is within the prayer itself the answers to some of the questions of what type yeah. of kingdom is this. And I'm not trying to be clever with that, but I want to say is I don't think you need to go far off into the Bible to go, what yeah. is Jesus talking about here? And of course, this prayer is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. So other things we know about, what if you have two coats and, you know, yeah. what if you're attacked and all these sorts of things. Sorry, I've, I've gone on too long no, in answering that question. But. No, I think that's great. And I think that, you know, there's something for us to realize in that is that we are, you know, declaring the shalom, the kingdom, like mm. it might not look like that now. Mm. It doesn't look like that now, yeah. but it's sort of like pushing back against yeah. darkness to say this prayer, to say yes. what God's kingdom is and has been established already and is yes. and um and that's a really important piece too we're not yeah. waiting for a kingdom that is far off mm. um in its establishment like that was completed yeah. on the cross um but we are saying like this is what god's kingdom looks like this is the wholeness this is the shalom and um you know joining him yeah. in that declaration of this is what it looks like when God's kingdom is on earth as it is yes. in heaven. Well, I mean, you think about just when you're saying that there, just to, to, to be, to repeat the point, the, this prayer is happening within the Sermon on the Mount yeah. and the Sermon on the Mount is a, is a, it's a dialogue on what it looks like to live in this kingdom. Yeah. Right? You know I mean? And, and that's that there's all sorts of things which don't look like this world that we currently live in. You know, blessed are the meek. You know, the meek are not the most blessed of people in our world. But Jesus is imagining a world where those are the qualities to be praised. Yeah. Like we would, we would praise the the cutthroat, the powerful, the you know, step on each other's head to get to the top. And Jesus comes along and says, "What about a kingdom that was different mm -hmm. from that?" Uh, there's the, the kingdom. Well, I mean, think about it. The kingdom is not this big show of power that we expect. Jesus, when asked to describe the kingdom, says, oh, it's like a it's like a woman that hides a little bit of yeast in tons and tons of flour and dough, but the impact eventually spreads through and changes the dynamics of the of, of the whole of the whole dough. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what we have to remember that this subtle little prayer that positions things rightly, even if just in our own heads, to remember how it all is working will have impact yeah and then there's so much hope because mm. there will be a time where we aren't going to have to pray for these things yes right like yes. this is the kingdom um that is coming and there was an, another um quote by sarah rudin mm -hmm. it says god is not just an entity coming into manifestation invisible in the sky but with a name to be blessed a mm -hmm. kingdom to arrive and a will to be enacted his kingdom mm -hmm. power and glory simply are now and through eternity. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. The and it makes me it makes me think about the final word of the of the way that we formally say the prayer is the word amen. Mm -hmm. And um 
I, I was I was reflecting. I've, I've been reading Yusto Gonzalez's book on the Lord's Prayer. Um, he he just says this. Uh, we may well say that when we close our model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as well as any other prayer, with the word Amen. We're affirming not only our petitions and our wishes, but also a reality that goes far beyond what our eyes can see, as well as the commitment implied in the petitions themselves. Mm. So, so when we say amen, it's a statement of hope. Uh, you know, we often, we often, you know, talk about amen as, as, as let it be. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, there's also a sense, the word amen is quite regularly uh, translated as as truthfully. Mm. So in in the Gospels, you'll hear Jesus sometimes say, you know, truly I say unto you. Uh, if you read in the King James, it's verily, verily I say right. unto you. If you in, in the Greek text, that, that little phrase, truly I say unto you, is actually amen, amen. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a, a Hebrew way of, of stating, I'm about to say something very truthful. And so how you would do it is you would prefix the statement with amen, amen. Mm. Right? So, so it's more than just let it be. It's like this is almost a statement of fact. So I love that idea of closing the Lord's Prayer, which doesn't feel like a statement of fact. We don't seem to have enough bread. We have too many debts. There's evil everywhere, yeah. and it doesn't feel like we're being delivered <laughs> from it. But yours is the kingdom, God. And that, amen, that is true. And therefore, I'm making a commitment to this as truth. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that resonates with yeah, you. Yeah, and that that truth is everything that we we hinge everything on mm-hmm. that, right? Like yeah. it's not just, well, I hope that this is <laughs> in, in the ballpark, in yes. the realm of like, if this isn't true, then we really mm-hmm. don't have much to be that yeah. hopeful for. Yeah, so there's a sense where we're saying, let it be, but also... And thus it is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a powerful little word, amen, there at the end of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and there's, and it's probably worth sort of noting then when, when we're in a conversation like this, that, that the, the doxology, like if you've jumped to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, you'll notice that this piece isn't there. You know, it's sort of, uh, and occasionally I've been in situations where people will put the Lord's Prayer up to read and it's like, you know, and deliver us from the evil one. And then the words stop, but we as a congregation often keep going yeah. because it's just so programmed into us. But wait a minute, where's the for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory? And of course, mm-hmm. we're talking about the way that we pray the Lord's Prayer in church tradition. It is noticeable that in Luke and Matthew, that, that doxology is not there. Right. Um, and the doxology, I mean, I think the doxology, <laughs> that word, uh, the, the doxology, <laughs> I think the doxology reflects very deep New Testament ideas. Even you see almost those mm-hmm. ideas in and the Romans and that. But it seems that at some point later in the sort of first century, beginning of the second century, the, the prayer kind of got this doxology added to it. Um, and so although it's not in the original biblical texts that we seem to have, uh, it feels that very quickly the Christians would pray the Lord's Prayer and then add this piece of glory onto the Mm -hmm. end of it to sort of position, locate, and and, and affirm themselves. So some people might go, well, maybe we shouldn't say that piece because it's not in the Bible. And, And I would sort of say, well, it reflects the ideas that are present throughout all of Scripture. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it sort of helps the prayer. It helps locate us within the prayer. I think it's a good thing to pray a prayer and then reflect on what you've said, which the doxology sort of does. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that's like a really, really important thing to point out and mm -hmm. um, important for us to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, otherwise we can sometimes go, oh, well, I don't want to say that because it's not in the yeah. Matthew text. Um, but you're not saying or confessing anything that's not biblical. It is just the, it's it's an it's bringing the prayer to to an end, um, and and you know at some level it's it's what's expressed throughout the Lord's prayer, which this prayer initially initially comes from. It, it's a it's a locating of herself. It's a uh, um, Gonzalez in his book on the Lord's Prayer says that the doxology and the Amen is kind of like the signing of a legal document. Right. So, so Jesus has given us the words, you know, here they are, our mm -hmm. Father who art in heaven, and then he ends with you know, and deliver us from the evil one. And then we add to it our response to the prayer that Jesus yeah. has given us. Well, well, yours is the kingdom, the yes. power, the glory forever, ever. Amen. Yes. And it kind of, that makes sense that, you know, we would have a response like all of our worship, all mm. of whenever we praise, right? It's yes. always God's, God acts first and we respond. So yes. I think it makes a lot of sense for us to respond because I think God's okay with us responding and mm. you know yes. we are supposed to praise we are supposed to glorify him yeah and that's and that's you know I mean I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start reading Gonzalez's book to you now mm -hmm. because uh, because because that's fun <laughs> just read books to each other but here's this, like he he concludes his book with, with this quote here which I, I think I, I will just read actually because sure. I think it's it's helpful he says we have said hallowed be thy name and thereby we are committed to behave in a way that sanctifies and glorifies God. We have said, thy kingdom come, and thereby have committed ourselves to live according to the values of the kingdom. We have said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and thereby we have committed to place God's will above ours. We have said, give us this day our daily bread, and thereby we are committed to trusting God for our sustenance and not to take the sustenance of others. We have said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and thereby are committed to forgiving our enemies and those who offend us. We have said, lead us not into temptation, and thereby we have confessed our weakness and affirmed our commitment to resist temptation with God's help. We have said, but deliver us from evil, and thereby are committed to living according to the glorious freedom of the children of God. And now we reaffirm all of this with a firm amen, which means not only let it be so, but also it is thus and thus it shall be with God's help. Mm. Uh, and I, I just think that's a really helpful mm -hmm. paragraph on, yeah, I am doing all of that with this little word amen and this little doxology at the end, mm -hmm. which rolls off the tongue so easily. It's about almost cementing into my life the things that I've just prayed. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I found myself just really appreciating the way Gonzalez phrased that there. I mean, did you, you've heard it just for the first time. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, there's lots to kind of chew on there mm -hmm. and, and think about it. It's a great, it's a great quote, great piece. And I, and I also love that idea mm -hmm. of, of how we end the prayer that mm -hmm. way. So just as we sort of, kind of think through uh, several weeks of talking line by line through the Lord's Prayer. What would you hope, somebody that's listened to all of these mm -hmm. these parts, what would you hope they would take away from from this? Put you on the spot with a question. Yeah. What do you do with this? Yeah, and I guess even for myself, what, you know, I can I know that I can take away for it as well because it's always, I, I guess what I take away and what I hope others would as well is that 
you know, we're given these prayers and we may just sort of bring them out once in a while, dust them off, Mm. but really gloss over um, just how deep and rich Mm. they are. Um, We talked about this just in favor of, oh, well, we have to always be creative. We have to Mm. be creating new prayers, Um, but really being able to just sink in and um, realize the richness of these prayers that have been given to us Um, and that the spirit moves always through these prayers. And so there are things that you can pray it a million times and there will always be life in it, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that the prayer itself has life in it and that um, to, to just come before God and, and say these words just is um, something that I think, you know, I don't want us to gloss over the importance and just the, the richness of that. And that's very similar to what I've been reflecting on about how there is a concern, I think, within, you know, within churches of our tradition that, oh, if you do something repetitively, it will lose its energy, Um, which is funny because we do everything repetitively. Mm. You know, we eat breakfast repetitively. Well, we should. (laughs) You know, we eat repetitively. Let's say say that. We... We we breathe repetitively. Mm-hmm. We 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 drink repetitively. We 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 tell our partners that we love them repetitively. And I think that and and even in church, you know, like I, I've been amazed growing up through my own ministry life, Kristen, how often my church traditions have avoided all appearance of repetition. Yeah. And yet, you know, you can almost set your clock to the service starts here, the singing ends here, the announcements mm-hmm. go here, the sermon goes there. We, we are humans of habit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, the challenge is not, oh my goodness, are we going to do this all the time? It's to realize that there is depth to repetition. There's life to repetition. Yeah. In fact, most of the things that we do repetitively keep us alive, mm-hmm. you know, Um so what if the Lord's Prayer was the same, uh, that, that, it, that it keeps us spiritually and, and alive in God's kingdom in that sense, that, that, we, that we're leaning into this, this deeper shaping that's happening. Yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully what we've done in, in, in the series of podcasts on the Lord's Prayer is even just if you're feeling like, you know, it's the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to pray that repetitively. Actually, there's, there's ways to read it and then reflect differently on each line within that prayer and find depth which will which will kind of renew it for you at some level Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah and i even think when you know just mentioning all the things that we we do with repetition some of the most important things right Mm. the meal that we've been given to share Mm. it's the same meal over and over again right it's the idea of the same table over Mm. and over again Mm -hmm. the same promises over and over again i mean these are the fundamentals of our faith are are these repetitive pieces, these pieces we've been given in remembrance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think for comfort and, and, and to be in, in God's presence with and, and all these things. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think repetition is just, um, is really fundamentally important. And we lose something when we are constantly trying mm-hmm. to lean on our own creativity. Yes. And so my advice would be, uh, my unsolicited advice to the listener <laughs> is pray the Lord's Prayer. Find some space in your mm-hmm. day, sit down, you know, distractions away, uh, take a deep breath 
and pray this prayer. Maybe listen to an episode of this podcast, pray the prayer, and then meditate on that particular line for mm-hmm. just two or three minutes and, and ask, how how does this shape me today? How does this help me today? Um, how does this remind me of God's love for me today and God's yeah. grace towards me today? Um, you know, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And so this, it's a massive statement. And yet you've invited me to ask for bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so I just encourage you, you know, anyone just to find some space, even if to begin with it's just once a week, find some space, pray this prayer, meditate upon it, uh, and and maybe allow it both in the, the depth of praying the prayer itself, which has which has depth to it, but maybe even as you meditate on the Lord's Prayer, it will shape your other prayers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Great. Well, that's it for this uh, series of mm. podcasts. Thanks um, for everyone who's been following along and, yes. and listening. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here and everyone else and who's sat here and helped unpack. Absolutely. Absolutely. And happy Easter, yes. given that it is almost Good Friday. That's right. <laughs>